is here, Five's Alive, Five's the Guy. And guess what? We've got Kim Adams, who's finally on her laptop recording this episode. Lisa Carlin, who is just being reminded that we have a chat feature on the on our podcast. And Ice Young. Ice, you are you're smooth sailing. Smooth sailing all throughout these five. I mean, Ice would look good. I love that vibes. sweater today, Ice. You look great. Thank you. Yeah, cozy vibes. It's freezing down here in Jersey. Mm, cozy. Yeah. In the bonus episode five, we're coming off of Thanksgiving week. First and foremost, is everyone, I think yesterday was probably the first day that I kind of like did not feel as full from Thanksgiving. At least <laughs> I was like, we enjoyed our sides, my sides. I, I got every single side. Yeah, I would agree with that for sure. I was eating Thanksgiving dinner for like three days because of all the leftovers, and it was perfect. It's just how I wanted to spend my, my Thanksgiving um, weekend. Sweet potato casserole yeah. that we talked about last week. It was a hit, guys. I was told like everything Ooh. was gone. I was told <laughs> I needed to make more. The little kids, it was one of their favorites. So that's how you know because they tell it like it is. So I got to – you guys need to sample this. <laughs> sure we need to do a an, – an, in the Absolutely. bonus Thanksgiving. Yes. Great like idea. That's a great on. idea. Thanksgiving foods live on. And you know who else is living on with their perfect record? Woohoo! How about that for a segue? <laughs> Marquette is 7 Best start in program history. The Golden Eagles, they came off of tough test with their, their Thanksgiving tournament, and they come away victorious, undefeated. Kim, I know that you were looking forward to the competition that they were going to face this Thanksgiving. How? Did yeah, I mean, they just they continue to roll, and they, they finally entered the AP poll today, which was great to see. I had them in my poll for the first time. I think I had them at 22. They landed at 23, yeah. so it's great to have them in the poll, another Big East team. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they played two power five teams. They started off defeating Boston college 73, 65. I'm not saying Boston college is going to run the table and, and win the ACC, but it's still a solid win. And then they go on and beat Arkansas. They hand Arkansas their first loss, a pretty, pretty commanding win there. 74 to 58. Um, the word that keeps coming to mind with me with this golden Eagles team is balance. Um, they're getting, you know, four yeah. to five or very close to double digit scores every game. And then it seems like somebody is always stepping up to give them that big game. So in the BC game, it was Mackenzie Hare who had 25 points in the Arkansas game. It was Liza Carlin who had 20 and nine, but neither of those two ladies ended up being the MVP of the tournament. It was our girl Rose and Kumu um, stepping up. And I, I know ice has been a big fan of Rose all season long, but mm -hmm. it's the balance. It's the consistency. The offensive numbers continue to impress in addition to the rebounding and defense that we've always known Megan Duffy's teams to have. Hmm. Let's stay on that real quick. Ice, how has Rose proven to be the reason why you're a fan of her? Yeah, I just think she's so steady. I mean, she just, she seems like she calms the storm. Like when she's playing, you're not worried if she's going to turn the ball over, she's going to take a bad shot, if she's going to make the defensive play. Like she's just so steady and calm and pace. But also too, I, I just love her versatility from a guard position. We talk about this team in terms of playing defense, okay? Rose will lock up. Like Rose continues to get steals every single game. She's consistent defensively. And then offensively between her scoring and double figures in this tournament, but also the number of assists, like four assists in that game versus BC. We've seen her have double digit assists early in this season. So I just like that. It seems like she's almost the glue. Like I know we normally know Jordan King to be the glue and the leader, but I think if you really look at this team and see like who helps everybody, who complements everyone, I feel like Rose is right in the middle of that. The thing with this Marquette team is that they are complete. I know, Kim, you use the word balance in terms of their scoring, which, yes, they completely are. I mean, you even just look at that title game over Thanksgiving week against Arkansas, and 
all five starters for Marquette had at least seven points by halftime. Mm-hmm. Um, that's incredibly impressive to see from them. I, I read a quote from Arkansas head coach Mike Neighbors saying that how he had to leave the bench during pregame um, because Marquette was not missing a shot. They were just really together. They were dropping everything. And, <laughs> and he left because he was a little nervous with how his team – I mean, like, that's pretty crazy when the opposition coach is saying something like that. But I think so much of it has to do with how Megan Duffy has created a culture at Marquette. This is her fifth year, so she's – I mean, slowly but surely, of course, the longer you're the longer you're at a program, the more you're going to be able to establish yourself, um, the kind of culture you want, the kind of team you want to build. But the fact that this is her fifth year, so the players that she has brought in are there. She then was able to make her um, kind of what she wants in a team known throughout the country. So they welcomed in a number of transfers over the summer because players wanted to play for Duffy. They wanted to play at Marquette. And now she has the pleasure, the challenge of blending um, the veterans on this team, like Rose, Liza, Jordan, with those new transfers that have come in. And she's done a really impressive job at that because it's not easy to do. So the fact that she has been able to create the consistency and Meg, as you mentioned off the top six and oh, the best record Indeed. in program history and all of this balanced scoring. Plus they're really, really efficient. I found a really cool stat because Marquette um, is connecting 40.3% of the time from deep that ranks them inside the top 15 in the country in three point shooting throughout the first couple weeks of the season. So they're balanced they're good on defense because that's where all of their game stems from, but they can also knock down shots from behind the arc. And that's what makes them so dangerous and why they've yeah. been so good right now. That's a, yeah. I that's mean, that's just, number. I think we've touched on this last episode, but that's an area that Marquette hasn't always reliably had. Maybe they've had like one shooter um, that you sometimes mm-hmm. had to watch. I can remember mm-hmm teams a couple years ago where they didn't really have a single three-point threat where teams could really pack it in on them. So the fact that they have Mackenzie Hare, who's the the sophomore sharpshooter and other options as well who are knocking down, they're just a much more dangerous team to have to defend on that end of the floor this year. I also, I want to, because Lisa, you brought up transfers and Franny Mm -hmm. had her, Franny Hanninger had her second double double of the season, I believe it was during the Mm -hmm. tournament. So Ice, our transfer expert, you know, (laughs) I just have to ask you about Franny and and how she's been able to succeed this early on in in what Marquette is working with and, and what they're running with on offense. Yeah, I think what I'll say about Franny is, and not that you would ever compare her to Chloe Murata, but you needed her to do some of the workhorse things that a Chloe Murata would do, right? Mm -hmm. Like Chloe would dive on the floor for loose balls. Chloe would always box out. Chloe is always going to set the hardest screen possible and then slip. And I feel like where Franny has the advantage in one, coming from being Patriot Player of the Year, and then coming into the Big East and playing with Marquette is her confidence. Like she plays with the confidence, like she understands the system, she knows what to do. But I think on the other end of that, she is just very solid. Like she does the things she's supposed to do. She's timely and she's staying on the boards. And I think knowing Coach Duffy and what she requires out of her system, she requires trust out of her players. And I feel like like Franny embodies, yes, we can yeah. trust her. We can put her on the court and she's going to run the play. She's going to set the screen. She's going to do what we need her to do to make sure that we're consistently winning. Um, but I, I, I got to say, though, like I'm really I'm almost like proud of the Golden Eagles. You can be because proud. I feel like, I feel be like in the way in which they started this season. Yeah. 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 Like, I don't I didn't want that to sound biased. Like, I'm proud of all everybody in the Big East. But like, no. <laughs> but um, I, I just. I know, right? But um, I think their win against Illinois earlier in the season was a very good win that got them kind of this awareness. And I just think these games back to back, like that is the test with these tournaments is can you turn around and beat two really good teams back to back? Um, And I think they deserve every bit of being ranked. And if I know this team, like I know this team, they're going to keep fighting to climb the rankings. Mm. Okay, so another team that proved just that to your point, Ice, was Creighton. They claimed the Cancun Challenge Division title. And you were, Ice, you were in Jersey, but you were (laughs) calling. Correct. Yes. So uh, 
you were cozy on the couch, but you did not get <laughs> to enjoy the tan as well. So, okay, practice. What, what did you see with with Creighton? Lauren Jensen had a phenomenal tournament uh, as well with Morgan Molly. Yeah. Um, one, I think with Creighton, it's always going to be the big three. They are. I don't. I don't think we're ever going to have a game in which they win a game and they play well. We're not talking about three out of the big three or two out of the big three. So for this tournament, I thought all of them were extremely consistent. Um, I'm going to say what I was most impressed with was Lauren Jensen's career high in 32 points, and she only knocked down two threes. Mm. Like, this is a Lauren Jensen that when she got in the Big East a couple of years ago as a transfer, she was only a three-point shooter. She didn't have a mid-range game. She didn't have a game where she could finish layups in traffic. Watching that entire game, it was all mid-range. All layups, all finishes at the basket. I was just so impressed with the fact that, okay, she's letting us know. I've worked on all elements of my game. I'm a true three-level scorer. I mean, she was 12 of 20 from the field, but again, only two threes she hit in that game. And then also she grabbed eight rebounds. Um, yeah. So I just thought she looked super complete. Uh, and I thought Creighton looked right where they should look about this time of the year. Like this is where they kind of have some games under their belt. They're gelling. And then defensively, I thought that this team had a really good showing. I mean, guarding Georgia Tech, which is yeah. a team that has a lot of like guards that like to play downhill. They did a good job of containing them. And then Michigan State, that win against Michigan State, I think is going to mean something later because I really like Michigan State's team. I, I was a huge fan of Robin Fralick and what she's done with this team. It was an early tough game for them in the season, but I think that Michigan State win is going to go a long way for them when they get back into the rankings and they stay in the rankings because I think Michigan State's going to be pretty good as well. I want to ask you about that Michigan State game because um, this was a game in which second game of the tournament and Creighton had already um, throughout their first game. It was against Georgia Tech and they had kind of rolled over them through into this match against Michigan State Um, and Michigan State's pretty good. They have good players. I think throughout that game they had five players in double-digit scoring. Like, they have balanced scoring. It's not like they have a powerhouse player that's just going to roll against other teams. When uh, Creighton went into the second half, and they were were down only by a couple at that point. But what changes in a tournament like that when you're going up against competition in a really quick turnaround? Like, what did you see from Creighton, specifically in the second half of that Michigan State game? Yeah, first thing I'll say is rebounding. So they finished the game plus nine on the boards, but it seemed like in the second half is where they went up plus nine. Like I just thought they did such a good job of rebounding and making sure Michigan State was one and done because they did have a balanced scoring attack and Michigan State was on the boards. Like they are a team that constantly attacks the boards. And then I honestly thought that their their transition defense was awesome. Like they did not allow Michigan State to have fast break points, which was something we saw in the first half. Um, And then I'm going to keep it very simple. Like in terms of offense, Lauren Jensen, and I'm not joking. Like it was like, give her the ball. (laughs) We can clear out. Watch her go behind the back, pull up, knock it down. Watch her go baseline. Watch her backdoor cut someone. I can't tell you how many backdoor cut layups she had. And it's like when you look back and you're like, oh, well, that's a simple move. Yeah, no. But she continues to get pressured. She continues to get everyone's best guard perimeter player. And she was awesome. And I think she had all the attention in that game. Like, yes, Morgan Molly played well. Yes, Emma Rosnick played well. But Lauren Jensen had all the attention and still dropped 32. And just, it was amazing to me that it was only two threes at the end of the game. I'm like, there's no way. But everything else was just layups and pull-ups. I'll roll with that because the note I had, what I think showed the most growth for Creighton in terms of week to week, we had talked about their loss to Green Bay. Um, and in the Green Bay game, they had a really mm. tough shooting night and they weren't from the outside and they weren't able to win that one. Not only Lauren Jensen had a tough shooting night against Michigan State, the whole team, they only shot five of 21 from three, yet they win by 14 over Michigan State and they had 40 points in the paint. And that goes back to what you're talking about, back cuts, slips, curls. So I saw growth in terms of Creighton can have a poor shooting night. They can have a night where they knock down 15 threes, or they can have a night where they go five of 21. But in this situation, they found a way to still win the game. And we didn't see that against in the Green Bay loss. And that's why I put them back in the rankings this week. I slipped them back in right at 25. I think I think they should be in the rankings. I don't know. There's UNC is still in the rankings. They went one and two in their tournament. The one win was a three or four point win over Vermont. I think Creighton is a deserving team. They're the second team outside the rankings. Um, but 
really strong performance for them. And the fact that there's not a lot of teams in the nation that have two players that can get you 30 points. You have that in, in Lauren Jensen or Morgan Molly. Yeah. And then we talk about Emma Ronsick. She had her first double-double of the season in that Michigan State game, 13 and 14. So there's just a lot of star power in that game. You have two players that can get you 30-plus. That's dangerous. Kim, do you think it's and, – and maybe it's too early to tell in the season and maybe it's just the competition that Creighton's going up against, but do you think we're going to see – more of this type of scoring from Creighton or do you think it's just a couple of like bad shooting games and do you think we'll just see like plenty of threes? I mean I think when you're a team that has traditionally relied on the three ball a lot you're not allowed you're not afraid to put up a lot of attempts no matter how many are, are really going in but I think in this game we saw the adjustment and Isis was there you know I was going to say courtside, but courtside from Jersey. <laughs> um, so she could speak to more was, you know, was there more of a, a, a look to go inside or to get cuts? Um, but coach Flannery, he's not going to ever give his team like a red light, like stop shooting threes. Even if Morgan Molly and, and Lauren Jensen are like two of nine, that third one might go in at a, a crucial time. Um, but I just think it's encouraging that, we're seeing the balance of the three-point shooting and the points in the paint, which aren't necessarily like post moves. It's like Ice was saying, it's cuts, it's curls, it's slips. And I think it, it's just a dangerous offense because think of when they do have 40 points in the paint and they are knocking down 12 threes. That, that's a lot of points to have to defend. I think the biggest thing for Creighton is their consistency, though, because they've been so hot and cold. And it, even like, Kim, as you mentioned, that stat from three, they struggled early in the season. Um, that was against Green Bay. But against Michigan State in that second half, they outshot them and just completely dominated. It was like 44 to 28 or something. And that's going to be, I think, the Achilles heel for Creighton if they can't kind of tighten that up and have a little bit more consistency um, in terms of where they're finding the open shot and, and making sure that when they're getting looks that they're not good looks, but they're great looks. And they're finding that extra pa pass in order to make sure the shots count when they get them. Because if they're so hot and cold, especially throughout conference play in their shooting, I think that could hurt them. Yeah, I think, Meg, what I'll say about your question is just that the game before against Georgia Tech, they were 10 for 20 from three. Yeah. So you play a team that just went 10 for 20 from three, you have no other choice but in the next game to guard the three-point line. And so when they press you on the three-point line, what do you do? You go back door. Like yeah. Creighton is just playing smarter, not harder. And that's what everybody else has to understand. They're just going to outsmart you throughout the game, whether they're knocking down threes or whether they're making back cut layups. Mm, that, that's such a good point. Let's turn to UConn now, guys. We we mentioned the other week, AZ FUD was missing some games with injury. It comes out official that AZ FUD will miss the remainder of this season with a knee injury, which is just devastating for UConn, mm -hmm. Huskies, and everyone involved. Um, I know we are so excited to see her back this year, back with Paige, everything. Um, so it, it's it's sad, but but – UConn knows how to deal with injuries, I guess you can kind of say from last season, which you hate you hate to say that, right? But they they're all there for their teammate. And also they have that next woman up mentality also where we were able to see it in their tournament too. But I would love to Ice, I'll start with you on this. Um kind of just get your take of of what you see in the future for UConn. Hmm. <sighs> It's a broad question, I know. <laughs> yeah, no, I think um, I, I think for starters, um, we're so sad to see AZ hurt, especially like re-injuring an injury. Like this, I'm, I'm speaking as someone who tore the same ACL twice, five years apart. It's the worst feeling in the world because you feel like you did all the work to come back and to heal from it, and then you go back down. Um, so I, I like honestly just hope that she is okay and the team is okay emotionally because that's a tough loss. Um, but what I'll say is that, I mean, they're deep, right? This, this is a team that our coach Oriema has built the team in order for other freshmen and others to step up. So I think what we're seeing out of KK Arnold is we expected. 
I yes. think it's going to grow and be, and it's going to grow and her role is going to grow as she matures throughout the season. But I'll also say this, it cannot just be relying on Paige scoring 30 points a game. Yeah. This team, they are going to need to make sure that other players are solid and solidified and scoring the basketball consistently. I think that's where AZ's loss hurts the most because you know that she's not going to step on the court and not put up double digits because she's a pure shooter. And so I think for them, it just challenged them to say, hey, who else can we consistently rely on to make sure that we're in double figures? Mm -hmm. um, but what I'll also say about UConn right now is I think they're in the most dangerous spot possible for anybody in the rankings because they have lost so many games so early. Like they are fueled by the fire. They are a team that like thrives on figuring out what their weaknesses are and building their weaknesses to their strengths. And so I think because they've lost so many games early this season already, they are really built to be like, okay, we know what we're not good at. And we're going to perfect this thing before we get to conference play. So when we go through the Big East and then we hit tournament time, we're not surprised. We understand what we need to work on. And I just think that their loss to UCLA in that tournament, a number two UCLA, really showed us and the rest of the country that number two UCLA is number two. Yeah. Like they are that good. So now UConn knows what they have to do to work to be that good. Because I think the South Carolina and the UCLA – and everybody else is that's how it looks right now. Like they were a fantastic team to watch. Yeah. I agree with that. I those two losses um, for UConn early on. I mean, like it's so cliche, but you learn so much more from your losses than you do from your wins and the adversity that UConn has had to go through with um, the number of injuries and, and players not being able to get back. And of course, AZ FUD, like devastation for her sending her uh, our best. Um, but because of all those injuries, right, the rhythm is really hard to to find and the consistency for this side. And although Gino Ariema is an incredible coach, and yes, he has built a, a roster of players that are incredibly talented, it's making sure they're all on the same page. I think like when you look, just comparing within the Big East, a team like Marquette, and a team like UConn, the talent might be a little bit different, but I think the connection that Marquette has is why they've been so successful. And yeah, you're exactly right. Paige can't be the only one putting up uh, 30 points and expect UConn to win games when they can't do that. But when you look at like the rotation that Ariema has had to put out with the five players, um, KK Arnold, she got her first start against UCLA. That was maybe a little bit earlier than expected for Gina Ariema, just wanting to kind of build her into the season. And then uh, there was three true point guards out on the court at one point. And, and that's just not how this team is used to playing. They, they, you're exactly right. They miss having easy FUD and it is such a huge loss that they weren't expecting when, right? Like when a player has like nagging injuries and you've had to deal without them, you can kind of fill the hole. But like when you look at the makeup right now, Leah Edwards, she's like their only true experienced forward that they have they still have some time it's so early in the season still but it's it's different it's hard to define your role as a player and as a team when there are so many constantly yeah, moving I would, parts. Uh, talk mm. about the timing of the season right now <clears throat> i think there was a lot of like overreaction and sounding the alarm today just like nationally and on social media just yukon dropping out of the top 10 I actually kept them where I had them. I think I have them around seven or eight. I, they have two losses to top five teams in the country, a neutral site loss to number two UCLA and a road loss at NC State, who's up to number five today. They were unranked at the time, which may have caught some people off guard, but we too have learned, like UCLA, that NC State is a very legitimate team. So I don't think UConn is in a bad spot at all right now. Um we know that Gino schedules these type of games, just like some other coaches, Maryland always schedules tough. You would almost expect them to have one or two losses at this point of the season. Yes. If they had gone in and beat UCLA, that's a huge statement to be like, without easy, we are still, we we're still a top five team. They're not a top five team right now. Um, but it's going to take some time. And unfortunately, like you said, Meg, they've had to deal with this the last couple of years. But if you're going to lose one of your key rotation players, you'd rather it be now, as terrible as that sounds. Again, like literally exactly. gutted and yeah. heartbroken for AZ in this whole situation. But you have a couple months to figure this out rather than 
losing a, a starter two weeks before March Madness and saying, oh man, wh what are we going to do right now? Mm -hmm. um, so there's, yeah. you know, a couple players that yeah. I'm looking to step up. Um, Aaliyah Edwards, surprisingly, hasn't been as dominant as I thought she was going to be. She had a tough tournament, mm -hmm. uh, just five points and five rebounds against UCLA, nine points, seven rebounds against Kansas. Those were her first single digit games of the season. We know and we've gotten mm -hmm. to know Aaliyah. I think she'll um, get it together, but they certainly need more consistency out of her and they need double digit rebounding out of her at, at a minimum. Um, Aubrey Griffin had a great game in the Kansas game, 20 points, eight rebounds. I think her mindset now needs to shift to kind of the X factor, the glue. I'll give the team what they need on that night to now, okay, my team needs me to score more consistently without AZ FUD. Um, but I, I went to a quote from Gino, which I liked and kind of just talking about how I don't think, we need to overreact, and not we, but nationally, people don't need to overreact about where UConn is right now. His quote after the Kansas wins, they lost to UCLA. They had a tight back and forth game. They pulled it out against Kansas. Um, and I liked what he said. He said, I think they pretty much gutted this one out. It wasn't pretty either. But when you're struggling like we're struggling right now, it's just as easy to lose a game like this as it is to win it. So I'm really happy with the way we hung in there and some of the plays we made down the stretch. And I think that's just spot on. Like it's emotionally you're in a tough place right now, losing easy. You had a tough loss against UCLA. I think it was impressive that they won that Kansas game. Kansas isn't ranked right now, but they're a team that's right in the mix outside of the rankings. Um, so I'm, I'm still feeling positive vibes about the Huskies. I think it'll take some time to, get to where they want to be. Obviously they're not going to be the team that they would be with AZ, but as I said, as everyone said, there's still a lot of, uh, still a lot of tools in the kitchen. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> it's crazy to me though. And, and Gino, I, it's so funny, Kim, that you point out that quote, cause I had looked at that too, but he has said something similar um, in, in other cases too, where it's just, always seems like if this kind of stuff happens to UConn, right? The early season losses, everyone panics only with UConn, right? If this were to happen to another team that, you know, LSU, like someone else loses two early games, right? They're not panicking as much no. as they're sounding the alarms with UConn losing. And so it's so funny where it's just like, why does this like why does this have to happen to UConn? Right? Why can't we have the same type of panic to somebody else losing these two early games? Bullying. Uh, I think <laughs> see, so that's so funny to me because I feel like it's the highest form of flattery. It is, it is because we don't expect them to lose. Yes. We don't we expect them to schedule tough games in the non-conference, but we expect them to win. Yes. Like we expect them to know what they have. And so I think now, like, absolutely, especially with losing AZ and the injuries that they've been going through consistently, it's definitely tough. And there are new pieces. But what I'll say is it's also not getting easier. Their next game is against number 10, Texas. Yep. Yep. So they just got to figure things out every single day on the fly as they go. And I think, Kim, I think you hit the nail on the head. Aubrey, mm -hmm. I think Aubrey is going to be the key. If she can consistently have double doubles, if she can consistently average double doubles, I think they'll be in really good shape. But if she does not, it's going to put pressure on the guards to do more than I think they would have thought they had to do, knowing that Paige is back. Yeah. Let's now take a turn to a team that is really having some early success early on. And it's an incredible story, honestly, despite with what the Georgetown Hoyas have had to be going through as they are mourning the loss of their head coach. Georgetown is five and one on the season. The Hoyas having won their last three games in a row, um, just wrapping up their last win um, at Cal State Fullerton, a big 65 to 55 win. Kelsey Ransom has been a large part into this early success for the Hoyas. What is standing out to you about this early success for um, Georgetown? I think, well, I'll say full transparency. I have not actually been able to sit down and see one of their games yet, but just looking at the body of work, I think it's the consistency. Like yeah. that's always been lacking with Georgetown. Like they may have like pulled off a surprising win or they came like really close to pulling an upset and then they'll lose like 
three games in a row. Um, so we're finally really seeing the consistency from Georgetown. They're five and one. The only loss was just a two point loss to Brown. So they're very close to being six and oh. And I think they've had this nucleus of players that have been with them for a couple years now. Kelsey Ransom, Grace Ann Bennett, um, Brianna Scott is, I believe she's now a junior. Like these, these women have been playing together for a couple years now. And we're seeing that we're seeing that time and that chemistry really start to come to fruition and to be doing this all amidst, you know, the tragedy of losing who you thought was going to be your first year head coach. I mean, it's even more impressive, but sometimes something like that can really just rally and inspire a team. Um, and I know we're going to have a special guest joining us soon, but Kelsey Ransom just continues to impress with her all around play 16, a game, seven rebounds a game, three steals per game. She's really putting it all together in this senior year. Ice, give me your hot take on the Hoyas. Hot take on the Hoyas. We love that. We love a hot bit. take on the Hoyas. It starts with a D and ends with an E. Defense. Yeah, thank you, Lisa. I was, I was trying to think of a wrong answer. Yes, I was giving the answer. It's okay. <laughs> I just didn't pick up what she was putting down. I was like, Megan, hmm. come on. It's okay. We're recording. It's Monday night. We're recording this at 8 p.m. So I'm just gone. Brain power is almost there. I had to um, fully but- spell out defense to make sure I was getting there. I was like, wait. <laughs> but no, I think what stands out to me is their defense. I, I mean, we look at their five and six, six games, excuse me, that they played so far. They haven't allowed more Ooh. than 50 points in one game. 55 points was the most that they allowed in one game. Everything else, 45, 40, 45, 45, 50. So what I'm thinking is just defense. If you know that you can hold teams to scoring 50 or under 50 points per game, it makes it that much easier for you to focus on your offense and say, hey, we just have to capitalize because we know that our defense is becoming our staple. And that's what I think their team is building an identity with. It's tough because when you have, obviously, you know, a new head coach in Darnell Haney, I think about what he said about Tasha Butts and just what this team was playing for and like to leave a legacy And I think that when you think about playing with legacy and you think about winning and you think about doing things the right way, you think about defense and like defense traveling and you always giving 100% defensively. And I just feel like right now that's the reason that they're winning these games. I mean, they are holding teams to under 45 points in D1 basketball. That's a a problem. And that's lockdown. And a big reason why it's the perfect segue into our interview with Kelsey Ransom is because, guys, she is currently leading the Big East Conference in steals per game. She's averaging just over three. So let's hear Let's hear it from the, the swiping queen herself. Let's toss it to our Kelsey Ransom interview. Welcome into into in the bonus to Georgetown senior Kelsey Ransom, who averaged 17.5 points per game in a 2-0 West Coast road swing for the Hoyas this past weekend. She's on the honor roll for the Big East this week. Hey, Kelsey, thanks. And and also, let's let's just add it on to this. She also flew, had a 12-hour travel day today and now is joining us on the podcast. So, hey, Kelsey, what's up, girl? Hello. How are you guys? We are fantastic. Better now that we've got you. How was yeah? The the West Coast. It was fantastic. It was uh, a wonderful trip. It was long. We were there for a week, but it was a great time with great people. Like it was a fantastic Thanksgiving. So we love that. I'm gonna let. Both Kim and Ice are going to ask you some of the the heavy hitters. They're going to ask you all all the basketball questions. So I'm going to let Ice ask a couple of those questions right off the bat. We're just going to dive deep real fast. Cool. Uh, Kelsey, I just want to ask you about your overall thoughts on just the start of the season. I I mean, obviously, um, you know, your team has been through a lot. Losing Coach Butts, having a new interim head coach, um, having a rally together. Um, so just where you guys are standing right now today, how are you feeling about the journey you've been through so far already in just the first few games of the season? I mean, kind of what you said, we, we're standing where our feet are. Like we're trying to be present. Um, we are very, very proud of ourselves for how we started this season. Um, but we know there's it's a long season ahead. We still have a lot of work to do. 
but we are enjoying the moment. Um, we are watching film. We aren't resting on our laurels, but we know who we are. We're finding that identity. It's starting to feel good. Um, but we are just trying to feed into each other right now, like really trying to stay strong like during a time where we're feeling high um, and trying to keep that going. Kelsey, we were talking just a little bit before we brought you in just about the team and the word that I thought of that has really impressed me about your team early on is just consistency. You guys are piling up those consistent wins. Mm -hmm. And you just mentioned there the identity that you guys are trying to to come into and to step into. How would you describe the identity of this year's group, um, some, where you may already be or where you're hoping to still work towards? Well, we know and we've bought into the fact that we will be a defensive team. Like we will come in every game, like knowing the defensive assignment. Um, that is something that we will rest on. Like that is what we know we can do, what we will bring every single night, because that's like an intangible. Like you can just bring your energy, effort and attitude on defense every night. Like maybe when shots aren't falling or when things just going aren't going your way, like defense is who we are and we're really good at it and we're going to keep getting better at it. So that's definitely something we've all bought into and it's really fun when it goes right. And it's, it's tiring, but we are definitely getting conditioned for it. So, Kelsey, it's evident to see that defense does, it's the backbone of this team. Um, I mean, looking back just a few games ago against Pepperdine, like your defense is what got you back into that game. Right. High press. When you're in the game, how do you describe the moment when you realize Georgetown's defense is changing the narrative and the outcome of the game? I mean, things just easier when you're working hard on defense and you're doing the nitty gritty stuff and you're doing the things that may not show up on the stat sheet, but then you get a, a, a easy rim run to the basket or you get an easy cut because your opponent's so tired because they had to work all 30 seconds of the shot clock. You know, we're understanding that our defense is giving us easy baskets so that we don't have to play our offense for the entire time. Um, we ha we set goals you know, going into the game about our transition points, about our defensive stops, and that's something that had a lot, we have a lot of pride on going into games, and that's something I think is giving us a lot of motivation to keep the defensive pressure on teams from start to finish. Kelsey, how about you personally? You, right now, you lead the league in steals per game. How do you pride yourself on defense? I mean, I said earlier, like, that's just something that is an intangible. Like, you can bring that every single night. And I, I, I'll definitely say that Coach Haney, though, is can't stand that I reach. I reach too much. So we're, we're working on reeling it back in and being smart and knowing when to, <laughs> when to do it and when to not. Um, but using my athleticism, using my IQ, um, these are just gifts I've been given. So it'd be a waste to not go out there and use the length I have and, and count dribbles and just run as fast as I can. That's just something I find a lot of joy and it's fun and it's rewarding. Um, and that's something that I know it fuels my teammates too. Like it gets them going. So it's something easy to do um, that helps everybody out. Kelsey, speaking of teammates, uh, give us a teammate that has really surprised you positively this season that maybe has brought it a little bit extra than we thought they would, maybe has performed well or who has been really, really solid. But give me a teammate that you're like, yeah, she's hooping right now and I'm proud of her. I, so they all just like ran through my mind because everybody has just stepped up so big <laughs> this season. I'm so proud of this team overall. Like we are just taking it to another level. Um, but I will say, I think Victoria and Kalia have stepped into roles that they were not familiar with last year at all. And they've come in with open arms as sponges, just willing to learn and being put in positions they haven't been in before. And Vic has just turned her defensive intensity up like 10 notches. And Lily's really finding her identity and understanding where we need her on the floor and what she brings. And everybody's buying into their roles that they have that make us go. Like when everyone's doing their role, everyone's doing their job, like us as a train engine, like we are just hauling down the train tracks. So I think that's something everyone's been buying into and everyone's been improving on. But I think those two being thrown into an unfamiliar role have really taken on a, a huge responsibility. And, I, and they've been doing a fantastic job. All right, Kelsey, we're going to take it off the court a little bit. I know you mentioned your team was out on the West Coast for about a week. So were there some fun activities, team bonding? What were some highlights of that trip aside from the two wins? 
the staff did surprise us with a trip to the Lakers game, the Lakers versus Mavs Ooh. game, and it was it was incredible Ooh. because um, a, like a week before, a few of us actually had met Luca and Kyrie, and we had um, Luca sign our like Luca shoes. And, like, we took pictures with Luca and Kyrene was insane. And then we went to the Lakers game and watched that game. And we had our own box because our, our Dobo just knew somebody. Like, they just – our staff are great people, and they just get Ooh. things done. And it was okay, just – it was I know, right? Woo, Shout baby. out to Mish. And it was just <laughs> a fantastic time with such a – just fantastic people. And we had a just a ball. Um, we saw the celebrities, like, on courtside. And I will say, you're not going to believe me when I say this – but we got Lil Wayne to wave at us. Yes. He waved at us from courtside because we yelled so loud that we got him to look up and wave back at us. And that's our claim to fame, that Lil Wayne was able to wave at Georgetown Women's Basketball. He hey, waved! Yes, yes. That's big time. Oh, that's it awesome. Was, it was huge. It was I, Tegan yelled so night. loud. You that guys did it right. Luxury box. Pictures. <laughs> oh. That's that's pretty cool. Um, and all because it was a surprise Ooh, as well. That's even better when your coaches are like, hey, we have something to do today. Um, that is amazing. <laughs> I, exactly. We're not practicing. We're not watching film. We're going to do something fun. Um, I also saw, Kelsey, on Georgetown Twitter that after the Cal State Fullerton win, Georgetown went out. You guys got some ice cream to celebrate the win. I need to know – what did you order when you got your ice cream? Okay, I feel like this is going to ruffle some feathers, but I got um, coffee Ooh. and banana. Um, it's cold stone, <laughs> so like they mix it together. And then I got some- Were we talking ice cream or yogurt? Ice cream <laughs> and marshmallows. We're and talking ice cream. So that was my order. <laughs> There's marshmallows, is that what I'm getting too? Yeah. We've got marshmallows, is we have coffee, banana, and marshmallows. And whipped cream, just all just. This is a lot, Kelsey. This is a lot. It's really good. Don't know <laughs> where to did try it. it. Where did Kelsey... all the respect? I'm not <laughs> knocking it. I'm not knocking it because honestly, I'm like saying, I hope you brush your teeth after because that's a lot. I did. I did. <laughs> I did. I'm down to get funky with the flavors. Okay? I... I'm so down to get funky with the flavors, but I need to know, like, where did this stem from? When did you first decide? Coffee, banana, let's get them together. Like when, I feel like there's a history to this. Is there not? Okay, there's, I've liked coffee my whole life. Like my grandma always used to have coffee ice cream at her house. So I always had coffee ice cream. And then I don't know when I started liking banana ice cream. And I saw that they had both. So I said, well, we won. I'll get both. <laughs> and they put it in the same cup and mixed them together. So. <laughs> All right. You know what? I'm not I mean, mad about it. Thank you. I'm not I'm mad about it makes me want to try it a little bit. I'm not going to lie. It makes I'm... me want to try it just a little bit. I love coffee as well. I do. So, and banana. I'm more of like a banana peanut butter chocolate. But when you have coffee three is in there, I see game, it. You can okay. order whatever ice cream you want. Like, whatever is working for you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. oh, that's motivation for me. Like, that's real motivation. <laughs> All right, ladies, should we, does anyone have any more questions or should we get into rapid fire? Okay. Uh -oh. So Kelsey, this is a segment, this segment we've introduced. So our podcast is called in the bonus. So to be in the bonus, you need five fouls. So we know you're, you're never in the bonus. You don't, well, I guess you're working on your reaching, but you're usually getting steals and not fouls. Regardless, we're going to play in the bonus rapid fire. So it's going to be five questions. Uh, it doesn't necessarily have to be like a one word answer. It's just rapid and we're moving through the questions. So, you know, as however you want to answer these questions. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Here we go. Number one, favorite place to eat in the DC area. Flavio's Italian food. I feel like I've been there. Okay. Mm. What's your order there? Either the chicken parm mm. or um, now we're talking. It's like a seafood, <laughs> um, like spicy seafood pasta mix. It's really expensive. So it's when someone's treating okay. you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
So <laughs> you're going to enter a three-on-three -three tournament. You can pick any two teammates in the world, men, women, W, NBA, college. Who would your two dream teammates be? Are you serious? I'm serious. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, Asia Wilson and okay, that's dead. Wait. Oh, okay. Are you serious? Like. <laughs> I was going to say dead or alive. Men or women, too. You can go anywhere. Wait, that was just too much. That's, oh, my too gosh. Much. Okay, okay. Okay. Wait. And, okay. That's that's a lot of pressure. Men and women, dead or alive. Okay. Then, I mean, I have I have to say, like, Jordan and Kobe, because that's just, I just have to say Jordan and Kobe. Wait, so is Asia Wilson out now? No, no, but you're she's not. you're she's one just, of the oh, just, so you have a sub. Okay, we'll allow a sub. We'll allow, she's a sub. She's a sub. You have a sub. Career left. Like I had to pick people that like I know where they knew where they ended. You know, it's okay. like We're I, I know you know. We'll give you three teammates, so out. you could have a substitute. So it's Kelsey, <laughs> Asia Wilson, Kobe, and Michael, MJ. Was that it? That you know, that's a pretty solid that team. Not actually, losing. I'm not, I'm not mad at that. Okay. But that's not losing. I didn't mean for it to cause that much stress, but we got the answer we needed. Uh, wow. <laughs> this one, hopefully, a little bit less stressful. Question number three: Your favorite off-day activity? Uh, catching up on sleep. Yes, popular. I love sleeping. I love sleeping. Love it Thank too. You. All right, that one was a better, less stressful. <laughs> Um, number four, something you're watching or reading or listening to right now that you enjoy. Um, I rewatch everything, so I'm still watching The Office and Grey's Anatomy. Ooh, classic! Yeah, you know, Solid. I'm standing on business. <laughs> How many times have you rewatched amount, those shows? So I will not. Anatomy has like twenty plus seasons. That's impressive. It this just it just rolls in the background of my life sometimes. Like I don't even press pause when I leave the house. So this is not the fifth. Bro, I can't watch the seasons after Derek died. I actually really? get like real emotional. I can't. I can only do the first. That's fair. Yeah, after That's Derek fair. goes, it's just like a oh. quick spin off of that question. Yeah. Are there any aspirations of going into the medical fields since you enjoy this show so much? No, that's why I watch. I watch. I don't. I don't do. No. Period. Okay. Uh, your final question, fifth question in the bonus rapid fire: a talent or a skill you have outside of basketball? I well, uh, I think I can do handstands at a higher caliber than most people say they can can without any like experience, like. Mm -hmm. You know, just your average no gymnast person. Wow. So what is this? Like, can you give us like a three second handstand? Are we going for 10? Or you just enjoy the handstand? <laughs> no, no, no. Like, I, can walk yeah, with it? on a good one, like I can stay up there for like a, like a quite some time and just like, just st like step and step wow. and step and stay up there for quite some time. I have to show you sometimes. Wow. Not right now, but yeah. I definitely have, I definitely will show you up another time. Yeah, for sure. yeah. Next door town, I'm coming. That, I will do it. I will. Ooh. I will. All right. We'll have to get it on social media we so we can post about it. Okay. Okay. All right. I'll. I'll. I will find a way. Kelsey Ransom successfully completed in the bonus rapid fire. Great answers. Thank Great you. Stuff. Well, that second one was. I'll have to move that one to the end. The end next yeah. I didn't know it takes it does take a lot of thought when you're literally scanning the basketball Rolodex there. That's what the got dead it. or that's alive really that got good. it. That's the really dead or alive. I was like, oh wait, we have like I really I thought I like, thought you was... might go with a Georgetown legend, like maybe a little Patrick Ewing or something. I thought you might be I mean like yeah. yeah. Yeah, like that. <laughs> You know, exactly. Like, well, we like could have a Georgetown <laughs> team in its own, and then this is true. Oh, yeah, mm -hmm. this is true. Okay, Kelsey, we have to tell you, Ice had a really great because we were, you know, we're, we're chatting about your great steel and everything. Ice had a an awesome T-shirt for you. We're just gonna put this okay. on a T-shirt. I hold you for ransom. Thing. 
Hold you for ransom. Put it in the Georgetown bookstore tomorrow. These are my snaps. These are my snaps. These are my snaps. Oh my name. Oh, these are my okay. snaps. I like it. Listen, y'all are y'all are a witness. Don't steal my nil deal, Kelsey. We're here. That's so I'm um, getting you the bag. Yeah, I got it. You would think this. I would have come up with that by now, but like I I haven't. So like that that's really good. I I won't steal it. I will give the credit where it's due. But that may become a thing. That may have to be a thing. She steals everything. But she Kelsey, I'm sorry. Nope. Don't worry. I'm still a student athlete. That's plagiarism. <laughs> <laughs> No, you steal on the court. I yeah. would if yeah, these, if these shirts actually get made, I will proudly wear it on our podcast. Thank proudly. you. I one thousand. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Let me work on Christmas gifts. Let me work on Christmas gifts. Let me see what Santa <laughs> got back I here. Hold on. Be, he was a little broke earlier in the year. Let me see if we're good now. Defensive player of the year. I'm just putting that out. She's gonna come for it this year. Yeah, Let's if go. it's just fuel to play better defense, like what's the better fuel than that? So, I like it. Love it. Well, the better fuel just might be coffee and just kiss. We yeah, can't ask for anything moment. better. Just kiss. We we can't. That's and on that note, Kelsey Ransom, <laughs> Georgetown's Kelsey Ransom, who is currently leading the Big East in steals per game. Thank you for Thank joining you us. Thank you guys so Bulls. so much for bearing with my technical issues, but I'm, I had a blast. This was so fun and fantastic. Thank you guys. Oh, we loved having you. Thanks, Kelsey. Thank you. Yeah, this was awesome, Ooh. Kelsey. Thank you. Good luck with everything. Thank you very much. So I, I'm not lying. I'm going to try coffee and banana ice cream. I legitimately am going to try coffee and banana ice cream. Kelsey Ransom, what an absolute Joy. pleasure. She was so much fun. She's welcome what back a anytime. Not that, not that our other guests aren't. They've all been fantastic. But it was just like, yeah. we've all been there. You travel cross country for 12 hours. The last thing you'd want to do is an interview like this. And she said it actually was a great start to her week. Like, shout out to Kelsey. Yeah. Warm the heart. I know. She was awesome. Um, it's great to have her. I love that we get to do yeah. these interviews. So shout out Meg, honestly, because you secure a lot of them for us. So thank you. Um, they're great. And Scott. We got to show up to Scott Hecht at the Biggies. Good for there's sure. a lot of there's a lot of people making all of this stuff happen. That's that's what we gotta say. But speaking of things happening, <laughs> we've got more hoops happening all week long. And we have. <laughs> How are my transitions smooth. doing? I think I'm getting very good. Very good. I'm gonna be so smooth, guys. You're gonna be like, whoa, whoa, Meg. Here we go. But we're we're still working out some of the kinks right now. But let's get to it. Okay. In we have an in in the bonus house rivalry matchup this week, huh? We've got um Marquette playing Penn. Hey. Is this is it Wednesday night or Thursday night? This when is Sunday. It's Sunday. This is uh Marquette is hosting Penn in this matchup, and Penn is like, they're doing pretty mm -hmm. good, Kim. I mean, they're four and two. They're number, they're ranked second right now in Ivy League play. Um, but this is, I went to Marquette. Kim, you're a Penn alum, so our, our schools are going at it, but I think this will be a good test for Marquette. We talked about them at the top of the episode about how consistent they've been and how they've really gelled as an entire unit, but um, going up against Ivy League competition is just a little bit different it's these these players are a little bit different um and i think it'll be a good test for them at home at the al mcguire center and i'm just excited to watch this matchup kim and, and you know i'll be talking smack to you i'll be texting you yeah like, maybe we'll let's go maybe we'll have to do like whoever loses has to wear that team but i don't mind like wearing golden eagles gear i love megan duffy and the golden eagles yeah. but yeah maybe we can home, for jordan gear. home for a good game the loser has to eat, um, you know, banana. Oh God, and coffee that's actually ice cream. a really good one. Yeah. That's actually a really good one. Yeah. That's not something I want to do. And and I'll just eat it on voluntary. And I'm not, <laughs> I'm, no, I'm, zero, I'm zero part of this, you know, <laughs> being a Penn State alum. But I'm just gonna take part in it and eat the ice cream anyway. Kim, 
What are you excited for this upcoming? Yeah, I'm going to give us a national game. I'm going to give us a little Big East game. Nationally, we got a big one on Thursday night. Tomorrow night, we got a top 10 matchup. Number seven, LSU. They're seven and one. Number nine, Virginia Tech. They're five and one. Why is this very interesting to me? Because both of these teams lost to highly ranked teams very early on. LSU lost to Colorado. I think it was opening day, opening night, and they've won since then. They've obviously, you know, things have been a little rocky in terms of who's available, who's not. Um, we're not going to get into all that, but they've they've gone seven and zero since dropping that first game. And then Virginia Tech lost an early one to Iowa, who's a top five team. Other than that, they've been playing well. Liz Kitley had a monster night the other night, so I think this is a phenomenal, phenomenal matchup for both teams. Um, Different conferences coming together, uh, SEC, ACC. That's actually a challenge going on all week between those two conferences. So that's going to be a good uh, good measuring stick for either of those teams, whoever can come out on top, Virginia Tech going on the road. So that's Thursday night. And then within the Big East, I'm excited Sunday. Uh, another good matchup Sunday, Butler traveling to Wisconsin. Butler, a team – little under the radar right now. We haven't talked about them much, but they are four and two ladies in year two of Austin Parkinson. Um, They're coming off of a win where they knocked down 16 threes. So I think this is a game where we find out what this Bulldog team is all about. I know Austin Parkinson is as competitive as they get. They've had different people stepping up scoring-wise. They're mixing in some transfers. So I'm excited to see what Butler could do at Wisconsin. On Sunday, I'll be locked in. Love it. All righty, Ice, you're on a game this week. You have DePaul, Michigan State. Are we right? Okay, girl. I'm we excited. Yes, I'm Are ready to eat mine. Uh, no, this is not on the couch. <laughs> I'm actually getting on a plane. I yes. will be in Chicago, Wintrust Arena. Right. Really excited to grab my lasagna for the night. No deep dish? The deepest is lasagna. Oh, 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 I was oh, like, oh. I didn't know that either. No, I consider oh, guys, consider that's it's not lasagna. pizza. It's yeah, lasagna. No, I agree. I, it's not pizza. pizza. It's not. All oh, thank you, Kevin. Thank you. Kevin. But I'm missing all of your jokes today. Woof. I'm sorry. Okay. First, clearly they're not very good. <laughs> they're not very good. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I think, but yes. <laughs> All good. But yes, Thursday, Thursday night, uh, 7 p.m. Eastern time on CBS Sports, DePaul and Michigan State. Michigan State, a team that just left the Cancun Challenge and really Mm -hmm. got challenged. I'm excited to see how they bounce back. Um, And then DePaul. We know Doug Bruno always puts out a good product on the floor. Anaya Peoples has been hooping. She's averaging over 20 points for this Mm -hmm. team right now. Uh, She's going to be one of the players that we feature and highlight in the open. Um, Really just excited for this matchup and to see how DePaul can continue to to build this team, build their chemistry, and just, you know, like respond to adversity. I, I think that this team needs more of that, responding to adversity to figure out who they are and their identity. Um, so, yeah, good game on CBS Sports. Let's go. Let's go. All right, guys. Well, I'm, I'm excited. Here's, here's – I'm going to put as the host of the show, I get to make the call. Uh-oh. Okay? So, next week on live, on In the Bonus – we are doing the taste test, either Kim or oh, Lisa, gosh. of your coffee, banana ice cream. It's happening. <sighs> well, how do I this? get this? Who's funding this? Like, is this reimbursable? Like, I'm not going to buy a pint of banana ice cream to not eat it. <laughs> we'll bring it up with the conference. <laughs> Send it to Scott. Scott's, Scott's watching. He sees In it. Boy. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I will order your Uber Eats for you. I'll take one for the team. <laughs> Just because I really want to see this reaction live. And, like, maybe be shocked by it also. Okay. Wow. It's on. It's on. It. Good <laughs> job, Meg. Good job, Meg. I love it. Thank you for That's leaving me out. Thank you so much. Yes, I love it. You can take an honorary try as well. I have an ice cream shop. I can roll to an ice wow. cream shop. Wow. That is my nice. So wow. I'm I might just take a stroll over there on, you know, my <laughs> and I have to let everyone know the reaction that I get when I ask for those mixed together. I'll send Kelsey a photo. <laughs> Ladies, week five in the books. Are we ready for quite possibly our favorite part of the show? Let's wrap this thing up. Okay. This has been a great show. Be I've sure. enjoyed it. 
this has been fun. I think I've laughed so much tonight. My cheekbones Same. are hurting. <laughs> great interview, great talks, great behind the scenes, great people, great behind the scenes. On that note, everybody, be sure to subscribe to In the Bonus by the Big East Conference on your preferred podcast listening platforms such as iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, Spotify, Deezer, TuneIn, Radio Public, Pandora, Overcast, Odyssey, Samsung Podcast, Pocket Cast, Player FM, Simplecast, Apple Podcast, as well as the Big East Conference YouTube page. And make sure to like, share, and review. You can also visit BigEast.com for more conference news and information. We'll see you next week for another episode of In the Bonus. Oh, this was a fantastic start to the week. It's a great Monday. This was an absolute blast off for the coming week.